Take two for an introduction to Good Movie Monday. <laughs> Clap. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to bust the move. <laughs> you leave me hanging again. Leave- <laughs> <laughs> I've, you've never before in the history of the show mm. have you actually tried to lead me into song. Mm. By it's normally natural. You just yeah, yeah. yeah I just normally do it. Like mm. if you, if we ever talk about you know man from Hong Kong, it just happens. And and Ben left me hanging on the first take, and I'm like, you know what? We're starting again. We're going back to the start. <laughs> he did it again, the bastard. Yeah. <laughs> just left you out there in the cold. That's all right. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Good Movie Monday. This is the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. My name's Glenn Cochran. Ben Helwig over there, and we're here to get your week started right. You can head to our website, goodmoviemonday.com, and that's where you'll find links to all of our social media pages. So go over there, like them, share them, comment, you know, make some suggestions for things we should do or talk about on the show. And uh, and just FYI, because you can't see us, I'm dressed in yellow and I'm saying hello. <laughs> and he is a fine uh, fellow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, what else is there? Spotify. Uh, we play music on the show and we have a playlist on Spotify, so if you do like these movie tunes that we played there's over 13 hours worth of crackers and uh, that's almost a flight to the uk oh mate well you know what you're going to be doing i'm going to be <laughs> i'm going to download i'm going to download that uh, it's playlist. good it's good movie monday the music the music the music the musical it's got its own cover and everything oh yeah. am i on the cover <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> just me mate no i'm not even on there <laughs> So, hey, coming up on today's show, we have a special conversation with the Hollywood director, Catherine Hardwick, and she's the woman behind the movie Twilight, the original. She did Lords of Dogtown, 13, and the new Mafia Mama with Tony Collette, but she's also one of several females that have uh, contributed to a new anthology movie called Tell It Like a Woman. It's, um, it's actually a really good anthology that's well worth a chat about, so stick around and you'll hear all about it. And of course, coming up, we also have our weekly segments from Jarrett Garn and the Bonehead Weekly Podcast. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> That's you know the formalities. You know the good, good, yeah, yeah. You've you've done the job. You've uh, <laughs> the scripted part's over. <laughs> now bring on the chat. All right, the general speak part of the show. We host this show from the same desk nearly every week. Last time for what six or seven weeks? For seven weeks, yeah. You're about to just globe trot. I'm about to join the jet set. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Mile High Club. <laughs> <laughs> Can you join that by yourself? Yes. Is that something you can do? Just have a wank. I tell you what, I look, I spend a lot of time on Pornhub <laughs> and I do not understand how two people can fit in a plane bathroom <laughs> and film it. Well, one's on top of the other. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> He's just got to sit on someone's lap. I think I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm making it worse for myself by admitting that I just physically, I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> like... I have trouble. I have trouble giving myself a reach around, <laughs> let alone. Got uh, to do a reach under and reach up. under. I can't. Yeah, I have to do. I have to do like you know, lady style and stand up and wipe from underneath because there's not enough room to go round to tilt. If that's making sense to anyone out there, 
I know. I know. I'll get a. I'll get a text from Jarrett uh, <laughs> on Monday when the show goes comes out, and he'll be like, uh, "I understand completely what you mean." <laughs> I saw it. There was a podcast I listened to last week of it, and it was a conversation about it. <laughs> the guy was saying how he must have been using toilet paper wrong for his whole life, and the girl opposite's like, "How do you, how do you use toilet paper wrong?" And he goes, "Well, I've been catching it." <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say he, he had it on his knee, he wipes with his hand, then wipes his hand off on the toilet paper. No, he, goes, he goes, generally, I've just you put the toilet paper in your hand and you just you catch it. You don't just let it drop into the toilet. He goes, nah, man, you catch it. And she goes, what do you do when you've got the runs? And he goes, well, that's why you wash your hands. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I have, I've never... <laughs> had to provide my GP with a with a sample. <laughs> How do you get it and in that? Because I don't understand. Like you're not allowed to let it drop in the bowl. And I'm like, well, you have to like I can't squat down over a sheet because you you know what they say. Like sometimes you can do number ones without doing number twos, but you can never do number twos without doing number ones. As as featured on Bluey. On Bluey, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how I like the, my um my uncle and aunt. Uh, uh, I live in Vienna. Yeah. And in Vienna, the toilets there are like in at least uh, <laughs> all the ones that I saw, they're actually dry. There's no water in the bowl. Like you go and there's like a little arm <laughs> and when you flush, water comes out and the arm kind of mm-hmm. pulls back and it, everything gets sucked away and, and cleaned up. But it's great for when you have to give samples to the doctor because you just can go in there with, a, <laughs> with, some, with some tongs and... Take care of business. A very warm Whereas, welcome to all uh, of you listening over breakfast. You know, but then, I, <laughs> you enjoy the show. There's a, this, there's this, a, um, a, an Instagrammer that I follow. I think her name's like it's like Alona or Iona in the on the coast, and she's a Canadian. Mm-hmm. She's a Canadian woman who lives in Australia, lives in the Gold Coast, and she's like a journo, and she always does these videos about the weird things. <laughs> Uh, you know the, what's weird about Australia, kind of thing, and she's like, "But you know, some things that that Americans and you know Canadians need to get used to." Like she's like, "The toilets, perfect level of water." Like is it, in America, and she's like, full. She's like, "What are we? Dro- was it a pool? We're going to take a swim in that thing?" Like, why is there so much water in the American toilets? I know. I mean, like, admittedly, I'm sure on their diet. They're, they're, they're delivering a much larger well, payload. Well, I mean, it's so you can watch it go down. But it's like, I guess you can actually, you actually can actually go like clockwise or counterclockwise yeah. or yeah, it's whatever it is. But it's, I feel uh, sorry for all those people that are here just for the, the Catherine Hardwick <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Come for Catherine Hardwick, stay for the poop talk. Are you? <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to. I've never been. I'm, one of the places I'm going. So I'm going to, I'm going to Vienna again to visit yeah, my yeah. family. Then I'm off to France. And then I go to the UK. And I've never been to the UK. So I will live on the show report about the toilet situation Fantastic. in each one of those places. I was about to mention that. So you are going away for up to six weeks. You're probably back on the show in seven, like as far as physically, but you will be co-hosting yeah. from afar. Yeah. Um, so there will be live reports. I'm, I'm very excited about that, <laughs> particularly the toilets. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> what was that? Um, all right. So, I, hey, i tell you what is delightful. The Newsly app, get it on your phone. By now, I'm sure all of you are listening to us on the Newsly app. It's the super app that uh, you get podcasts from, but you also get all of the news from around the world. It 
correlates whatever the highest trending article is depending on your search criteria, funnels it all into the palm of your hand and reads the articles back to you in a natural human voice and very handy for when you're on the go, when you're maybe you're running and you just haven't got time to read. It just uh, does it for you. It's a free app, so you've got nothing to lose, but they do also have a premium service and that gets you a whole lot more and we have an exclusive code that gets you one month of free premium service. Just use the code Monday without the O, M-N-D-A-Y. Get it, listen, awesome. It's all the lads back together again. <laughs> Let's do spring break or schoolies as it were. <laughs> Circle <Do> jerk. <laughs> Who's got the biscuit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <sighs> oh, well, you know what? It's that time. No introductions needed. G'day, Jarrett. G'day, gentlemen. How are you both going? Pretty good. Although that was an introduction. Yeah, it's true. But I, I just wanted to know generally how you're going as well. You know, Ben, how are you doing? I'm, I guess look, I'm more, probably more four three than sixteen nine. If uh, <laughs> if you had to, shirt, but uh, <laughs> otherwise, fine. Well, I'm not. Well, Glenn, are you anamorphic or non-anamorphic <laughs> over there? Um, I have no idea what I am. I'm just. Hang on. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely conforming to the frame. <laughs> so, gentlemen, yes. Now, I I think this can be officially the last week until the release of Houseboat Horror that we can discuss <laughs> Houseboat Horror. But I just figured, why not? Because Umbrella have finally announced all the extras for it, so I think now we can announce whatever we haven't announced before. Which I I'm pretty sure we haven't mentioned that it's going to have the complete feature of the Mad Dead Devils Down Under on it. Have we mentioned that before? No, we haven't. With uh, hosted by Mark Jacko Jackson and Ollie Martin. And Ollie Martin, and it features. By a, Ollie Martin. It's got like about a ten-minute segment from Houseboat Horror in that doco, and it's a really cool doco. So it's great that that's going to be included because that's the first time it's made, I guess, an appearance since 1993 when it was released on video. And wow. then we'd mentioned. Did we mention Zlatko's short film Killer Zombies being on there? No, no, we no, haven't. Oh, well, there you before, go. So that's on there as well. Uh, Zlatko we... being uh, Acid Head from Houseboat Horror, and <laughs> and and Killer Zombies also features Ollie Martin in it as well in an acting role. So and, that's on uh, there. And film buffs forecast uh, legend uh, John uh, Paul Harris. Paul Harris, yeah, yeah. As well as a as a zombified pervert, I believe, which is he's, <laughs> he's pretty good. He practically he, he pulled a Neil Foley. He does. He does. Yes. And he's, it's, it's it's a really entertaining short. We played it at Monster Fest for oh, a long time. I reckon ago. it was almost a decade ago. Oh, yeah, almost a decade 2013 ago. or so. Yeah. Yeah. 2013, 2014. Yeah. It went off like a treat. Uh, it was great. It's ripe for rediscovery, and it's that kind of short that you look at and you realize that we could have had our own Peter Jackson here in Australia. Uh, but Australia really wasn't ready for him. And Zlatko's had a great career. He's worked, you know, in film ever since doing that short and being in Houseboat Horror, but behind the scenes predominantly. I mean, he did a bit of acting back in the day. He is in Ghosts of the Civil Dead as well, the John Hillcock film. Mm. But he's done um, done a fair bit of behind the scenes work. And it, it's, it's funny because everyone sort of seems to know him that's wor worked in the film industry. You, you drop the name or you hear the name, 
I remember even when Ben first mentioned his name to me, and I was like, hang on, is that the guy from Houseboat Horror? And you're like, oh, yeah, I think it <laughs> oh, is. Of course, of course you're like, going to know that. <laughs> you're no acid head. <laughs> so anyway, I guess that's the last bit of Houseboat Horror news. But there is some other news I wanted to discuss, and I wanted to see if Ben can confirm something for me because I know he's got a bit of insight over there at Umbrella. Now, July, they've just announced two releases, the first of which is Razorback, and it's coming out in 4K Ultra HD. It's got an all-new commentary track with the Spirit Brothers, the filmmakers from Queensland that did Daybreakers, Predestination, uh, that Saw sequel that we won't talk about, but some other great stuff like Undead and... Uh, there's another one there. Oh, Winchester. I quite like that one as well. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing a commentary on there. Otherwise, it ports all the existing Umbrella content on there. And there's some fancy-ass bundles that they've put together. Very, very nice. But I was looking at the image of the exploded pack shot where it had the discs. Now, on the discs, it seems to have Dolby in rather large lettering. And it's it's very different. I don't typically see that on Umbrella discs. And I'm wondering if that is in fact, got Dolby Atmos on it. Ben, do you know? Because it would make sense that Umbrella failed to announce something that would be like amazing to announce. Yeah, look, I would, I, I do not know. I cannot mm. say for sure, but I would say that'd be very unlike Umbrella. Well, Jared yeah, is it, like it. You're, you're like a Dolby Atmos truffle pig, mate. You're gonna find. I got, it. No, I got a whiff of it, and I'm all over it. It is unusual because it looks like it could say Dolby Atmos, but it could just say Dolby Audio. But why would you write that? But then in the specs, they've got, I think they've just got 5.1 digital and DTS HD 2.0. And I'm like, well, anyway, so I guess maybe I'll contact someone at Umbrella and confirm that one and get back to you. Because, I mean, it would be amazing if it's got Atmos. Like, that's an instant buy for me. Otherwise, I'm going to wait and see what the reviews are like because, you know, it's, I don't know, how good how much greater can this film look particularly if it doesn't have hdr or you know dolby vision to it to augment the visuals but regardless exciting news and the other one i'm really excited about is they're releasing larry clark's kids on blu-ray and it's going to have that documentary that came out a couple years ago uh i think i think what's it called it's called uh we were once kids i think it was called the kids but it also we were once the kids from the same uh, documentarian that did uh, all that mayhem, actually no, I, a Melbourne documentarian. I believe it's called uh, Kids Incorporated, and they. Uh, they <laughs> Martika pops up. She was, oh, cut out, she was cut out of the film, but uh, she's in there. Oh, excellent! It's, it's I'm the sold. long lost. It's the long lost third season of Henderson Kids. Of it, yeah. <laughs> oh, excellent! Well, I, having done uh, all the special features for Houseboat Horror, I can say that I know quite a few people that appeared in an episode of Henderson Kids <laughs> over its glorious two seasons. <laughs> Season one for the win. Yes, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, that's it for the news. In terms of new releases that are coming out, I'm not going to get bogged down with DVD because, like, seriously, there's enough good <laughs> stuff coming out this week that. We may as well just keep it high def. And the first distributor I want to talk about is Roadshow. They're releasing a title on DVD and Blu-ray. It's a title I'm not particularly excited about. I know Glenn was subjected to it. He went to see it with Mel, and that's Magic Mike's Last Dance. (laughs) So it's a world we live in when we get that one on Blu-ray, but Roadshow don't release X on Blu-ray, and I'm not going to let that go. But I guess they're (laughs) going to sell a lot of copies of this because this is the kind of Blu-ray that blows the cobwebs out of, you know, where... Uh, and I understand it's not a particularly good film. It's just another one in the illustrious Magic Mike franchise. Nothing like that. It's an interesting one because traditionally, at least at least I found that the the buyers of home of physical media are predominantly men. 
Like they're the yes. ones who have the outrageous collections who care about things like HD and stuff like that. Like, don't get me wrong. The ladies want to see Magic Mike in HD, but they're quite happy to watch that on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whichever streaming service. But that, but Ben, you know, I think you're forgetting that there's other gentlemen out there that may enjoy watching this I'm film in high yeah. definition. I'm sure. No, I'm, I'm certain. I'm, <laughs> I'm certain. I'm certain there are. I just wouldn't have thought there were. The same. I wouldn't were, have expected more, to be. There are more of them than there would be fans of X. Well, what I, I found interesting I is back back in you know, back in the old day working at JB Hi-Fi, one of the titles that had the most oversupply that they could not get rid of was Magic Mike XXL. And <laughs> I would think that that was a sign right there that maybe we don't need all these formats for the third one. But yeah, sure. like... I'm glad they're not doing 4K because, like, let's face it. I mean, even if that thing did have Atmos, I'm not renting it. I haven't seen the first two, so I'm not going to start in on the third one. And I just, I don't know, it doesn't, there's no draw, you know, like, it's not like I'm, you know, being I will, strange yeah. about it, but there's just no draw for me. Like, maybe I if will they recommend had... the first one. It's an amazing film. And the then first the one's uh, Soderbergh, isn't it? But isn't it the, Soderbergh? The, the new one's Soderbergh too. Oh, they yeah, I've got no time for that prick. You know, fuck him. He's made a handful of good films <laughs> hey. and then the rest of them he's fucked around with shooting things on phones and recutting was... 2001 a space odyssey i got no time for you mr soderberg why don't you retire like you said you were gonna do he was he's, very he's... helpful on the limey release so okay well that I will. <laughs> thank, you, thank you very much Stephen. but i okay. would think he's he's doing he's I'll doing give him the that. same kind of he's having the same kind of nerdgasms that you would have uh yeah i don't know if anything need be shot on a phone and released in cinemas stick to stick to shooting on a proper uh, camera well, if i wanted to watch something <laughs> If I want to watch something, yeah, they shouldn't have released it theatrically. And I remember that Fox <laughs> would not give us that movie to play at Monster Fest because they said it's not a horror movie. It's not a horror movie. And then when the movie came out theatrically, they marketed the thing like it was a fucking horror movie. <laughs> it was a horror of a movie. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I've got no time for it. And now now you can probably pick it up for fucking from Clint's, uh, Clint's Crazy Bargains for $5 on Blu-ray and it'll <laughs> it'll fade into obscurity, hopefully. See you later, Mr. Soderbergh. And yet getting it's onto $7 at Cashies. Uh, who... Yeah, exactly. Go figure. And it's open and that one's heavily scratched. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but getting onto some good releases, the ones I'm really excited about this week are the titles that are coming out from Imprint Films. They've got a box set coming out. This one's going to be right down Ben's Alley. It's their Essential Noir box set, Volume 4, I think it is. Now, I'm going to have to consult my notes for this to read through the titles because I think there's about five films in this set. Mm -hmm. So we've got Rope of Sand from 1949, Appointment with Danger from 1950, The Enforcer from 1951, Beware My Lovely from 1952, and then the last one, Jennifer from 1953, not to be confused with the Carrie knockoff Jennifer that came out in the late 70s where she could control snakes telepathically or something. Very cool. I wish that was in a box set. But yeah, that's a nice <laughs> set, uh, you know, and I would definitely be keen to check it out, but pretty sure I've got the last two or three of them in the cupboard of shame and I have not cracked them yet. So maybe I won't dip my toes in for the fourth one just yet. But look, if JB Hi-Fi have one of those sales where it's like buy one, get one free, I will probably buy it and find another box set around the same price point because like $50, let it collect some dust in the cupboard. I'll get there one day, maybe, maybe. <laughs> and one more release, one more release from Imprint Films this week. This one, 
I'm super excited about and Imprint are actually going to send me a sample of it. It's in transit at the moment, unfortunately. Otherwise, I'd love to bring it out and show you. So what I might do is like bring it out next week and show you. But for now, I'll just talk about it. It's the Horninger Julia, which also went under the title Full Circle. Now, they were the first in the market to announce it. But in the time since announcing it, Screen Factories released it in the US. They've done a 4K Ultra HD. And I think BFI are doing it in the UK. And I mean, I don't honestly know if this film's going to hugely benefit from a 4K UHD release. I think if it's got a 4K transfer and a Blu-ray, it's probably going to look pretty sweet. And the beauty of the imprint release is it's loaded with exclusive content. So content that's been produced exclusively for this release and not shared between the other releases. And they're not just like, you know, film historian commentaries or, you know, visual essays or all that sort hey, of hey, stuff. Hey, hey, that's why stock and trade your... Uh... <laughs> I know, well, same, same. Like, hire me, hire me. But there's uh, a commentary track with, with the director. You've got you know, uh, featurettes with the composer and, you know, cinematographer. It is it is fully loaded. It's got a nice 3D lenticular hard case and it comes with the soundtrack CD. It's the first time the soundtrack's been released with like over 20 minutes of other, you know, music from the film that's never made its way to vinyl or CD before. So it's a really nice package. Oh, and there's a 44 page booklet with essays and things as well. So yeah, it's a pretty comprehensive release. I can't wait to get it. And I will show it to you guys next week uh, on the segment once it arrives, provided provided that the postie does not take it to the post office because in that one moment that I am not there to answer the door, maybe using the lavatory, uh, you know, he cards it and expects me to go like two or three suburbs over to pick it up that prick. Yep. I think he just does it because he doesn't want to get engaged in conversation with me. He's like, there's that guy again. He's real lonely. He's going to talk <laughs> my ears off. But really, I'm just like, give me the fucking package and go. But I just polite about it. I'm like, oh, hey, mate, how's it going? Oh, good. Yeah, you need a signature? All right. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> how's your day been? Oh. And they make you sign it with your finger. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, God knows what he's been doing in there. So it reminds me of that time I was in New Zealand. I kept touching that car handle and it felt like KFC chicken. Remember that thing? <laughs> the greasy chicken. And it wasn't even us. I like to think that if there's grease on the handle, it's me leaving that grease on the handle. Did you hear someone from behind say, bullshit artist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No free drinks. Well, gentlemen, that's it for the home entertainment releases Legend. this week and the news. But yeah. Thanks for listening to me go on endless rants about a bunch of shit that didn't have any connection to home entertainment. <laughs> Thanks, mate. See you next week. So most of you listening probably know that um, I do host a midweek podcast called Wednesday Up Late. I host that with Chloe Ritchie and it's a whole lot of fun, but that show is mostly made up of gameplay. It's, you know, it's, you know, this and that. Would you rather, you know, it, when I say gameplay, like it's, yeah, it's high... <laughs> It's hypotheticals, <laughs> that, that type of thing. It's, you know. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> hey, there's, there's video. <laughs> we can't see under the table. It, it depends what. Yeah, it depends what you're into. But although, sh- though you're not actually together, are you? You do it all over Zoom. We do it all over Zoom. Zoom. That's right. Uh, live too far away from each other to do that. But my point being, we've been poaching a few of those games for this show in the last few weeks, and we're gonna we're gonna do one of them right now. Do it now. again. Excellent. Yes. No, I think it's gonna be a permanent thing. We should just call the segment. You know. Poaching from Uplate. Yeah, the the Uplate segment. <laughs> yeah, totally. So this week we're going to play a game, if you can call it a game. One's got to go. Simple. We list movies each at a time and we've got to pick one of those from the list of the, to go. Of the four. So of we the four. 
We, yeah. we, we throw a list of four movies at the other person. They have to pick one to would, be removed from the zeitgeist. I'd very much like to go first, if that's okay with you. Sure. Okay, so I'm going to list four movies right now, Ben. One of them has to go. We're going to start with The Thing, They Live, Escape from New York, Ghosts of Mars. Yeah, They Live can go. <laughs> oh, wow, that was easy. That was easy. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I love all of them. And They Live has some great lines in it. <laughs> but I think of all of those, of pretty much of, I think of the majority of John Carpenter movies, outside from maybe Starman, They Live is the one I watch the least. <laughs> well, So I'm okay with it. And I don't care what anyone says. Ghost of Mars is Our awesome. loyal listeners will recognise I was trying to throw you under the yeah, bus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Failed yeah. big time. Yeah. Who would have thought? Like no one, no one else in their right mind is. It's like it's like saying, "Hmm, they live or the ward." You talk about. No, I'm not talking you about talk me. about. Um, you know, Jarrett sends you messages here and there. Did he send you one last week over the Ghost of Mars rhetoric? Uh, no, no, no. He was he uh, his messages all revolved around whose name was beeped out. <laughs> <laughs> and he guessed it right. Oh, hundred yeah, percent. First. <laughs> It took me a while to figure out what he was talking about because I just got the message with the name and I'm like, what? Because oh. you, you forgot that they, they were bleeped? Or, they were, or no, no, no. I just... I just <laughs> like, I just put it out of my mind. Ah, yes. That, and yeah, that it was a thing and that, you know, I, th- I just figured everyone would know. Very lively show last week if you didn't listen to it. I do recommend you go back and... <laughs> like, just the first 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. right out the gate. Incredible. <laughs> All right. A, a very... Uh, a, Angry and aggressive, Ben. <laughs> Hit me with your four. All right. So this is this is like similarly. This is my fuck you, Glenn uh, <laughs> list. Caddyshack two, mm. Meatballs two, mm. Ernest goes to camp, mm-hmm. Kickboxer two. That's an easy one. That's Meatballs two. Meatballs two. Definitely because I much uh, prefer Meatballs one. Right. Really. Yeah. I was going to say Meatballs three. Ooh, no, I'd still probably a, get rid of that. that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't hold a candle to the first one. To the first one. Yeah. Well, I thought this game would go a little bit longer with each one, but yeah. <laughs> these are easy. <laughs> All right, so we'll try our next one. The Secret of Nim, The Black Cauldron, Wizards, or Akira? Akira. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've never liked it. See, what Chloe and I do is we stretch it out with a little bit of, yeah. mm, that's a good question. Yeah, right. <laughs> Making like me a- think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really love, like I can't, Honestly, in my head, I can't. I don't remember the secret of Nim mm. at all. Yeah, but I had the book, and I like the Black Cauldron. And what's the other? There's the Castle of La or something like that. Is the third one in that, in the oh, books at least? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if they actually made a, a no. movie, but it's the Black Cauldron. You mean? Yeah, the, uh, the, ca- yeah, the Castle of La. Yeah, but yeah. it's um Don Bluth. Is it? No, Don no, Bluth? no, no. Um, secret of Nim was Don Bluth. Right. Black Cauldron, I believe, wasn't. But it's it's one of the least respected Disney films and yet it's one of the best. It's pretty good. Like, it's pretty Cause scary. Because it, it didn't have music. It didn't have talking characters, yeah. like you know, animals and things like that. It was I mean, just an like, actual fantasy, you know, animation. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was as good as Sword in the Stone. Yep. Totally. Um, um, and, and Wizards, you know, that was the... Is that Ralph Bakshi? That's Ralph Bakshi, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's great too, all that rotoscope stuff that he does. It's probably, funnily enough, I would say Wizards... I mean, Wizards is a bit more... I feel like it's a bit more pervy. No, yeah. no, no I mean, not... 
It's not more pervy than Fire and Ice. It's probably more per- pervy than Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But, you know, than like Fritz the Cat or... I'll, I'll tell you a funny anything, story. But, uh, when Jarrett and I started the, the Fake Champ podcast, you know, years ago, it's what, going on eight years now, one of our first guests, I'm not going to name, but one of our first guests was a filmmaker who came in and we had a segment where let's talk about movies that you wish would have a physical release and like, and you'd do anything to see it. And he went on for about 15 minutes, this guy, about wizards. I really want wizards. And like, meanwhile, the Blu-ray's right behind <laughs> like, Do we tell him? <laughs> I just let it go. Yeah. It's ama- look, it's amazing. As someone who works in the DVD field, the, the thing that I find most amazing is like you sweat bullets when you're selecting titles to release. You're like, has this been released overseas? Yeah. Because you think... Because the people who make the most noise on the internet, they're all parallel importing and yep. all that kind of stuff. Yep. And then you realize that nine nine out of ten people, you know, just are like, oh, I didn't see it on the shelf at JB, so it must not be out. Yeah, that's right. And you forget because those are the people that don't sit on the internet bitching about things all the time. Mm-hmm. So you just don't know. Exactly right. All right. Hit me up. All right. Uh, okay. This is my uh, Martin Scorsese list. Ooh. So You're good fellas. Theming them. Uh, yep. Casino, mm-hmm. Taxi Driver, Ooh. Raging Bull. Raging Bull. Raging Bull? Yep. Because it's black and white, right? <laughs> yeah, that artsy shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, it's just the one I've probably watched the least, the one I don't get as much enjoyment out of. I think there's enjoyment He's a pretty, Jake LaMotta's a pretty nasty piece of work. Yeah, and the other ones, though, have an element of humour to them, although yeah. the Joe Pesci stuff in Raging Bull is humorous, I guess you could, you know, the banter, but yeah, no, yeah, that one easily, I think it's just a little bit too... I remember Raging Bull makes me... It generally makes me scared of people, like when you see how, <laughs> yeah. like how he can kind of snap and how just how mm. tough he is. Yeah, like I, you know, I walk through my life <laughs> under a, a thin veil of like uh, people take a look at me and go, yeah, let's not bother him, let's move yeah. on to someone else because I'm, you know, six foot one and f- and fat. You know, they haven't unzipped yeah. the hoodie, the but, proverbial yeah. curtain. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I like to, I like to flatter myself that that's what they think. When in reality, they probably take one look at my hoodie and go, "I don't think, I think that guy's had that hoodie for about ten years too long. <laughs> it is nothing worth taking." <laughs> but then you see like guys like Jake Labotta, and you're like, but like, oh, I'm just, I'm going down like a, I'm like the, the, you know, like the guy on all those fail videos on Instagram where they. You know, they talk tough and then they just get what they take one smack in the chin and they're out for the count. I'm like, that would a hundred percent be me. Like, I would not last two seconds in in any kind of a legitimate fight situation. All right, you ready for your next one, or did yeah. what, what one? That was the Scorsese one. Okay, so next one, I've gone with um, figures like actual actors. So, oh, one's got to go: Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, or Daniel Craig. Oh, I, so I know how highly you think of James all Martin. their movies. Just as an actor, like as a James Bond, which one of those? Oh, as a James Bond? Yep. Ah, uh, well, yeah, Daniel Craig, there you can go. <laughs> but like, you know, if you removed all of their, all of the actors' films from existence, yep. I'd still have to go Daniel Craig, although it would be, <laughs> I mean, Roger Moore was in some pretty good TV stuff early in his career. He'd be, he would actually be the, the Bond I would get rid of, Roger Moore. Yeah. He I went, mean, I can, I can understand it because his one's a lot more tongue in cheek than all the other on the other. No, bonds. Not far fetched, not the right word for it. Yes, tongue in cheek, a uh, bit yeah. uh, lampoony, if you will. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, there we go. All right. Next one. How many uh, more do you have? I've got one more. All right. Cool. Is we that both, right? We both have one more. Yep. No, have you got? Have you got another one? I got one more after that. Yeah, because I did four lots of four. <laughs> yeah, but I did four lots of four. So how come you've got what? Because I did the John Carpenter one, I did the Secret of Nim one, I did the James Bond one, now I've got one more. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, looking at my list going, I'm thinking I've done this one and when I haven't. That makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> what? All right. Star Wars A New Hope. Mm. Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. E.T. Mm-hmm. and Jaws. Star Wars. Wow. <clears throat> That's a pretty big call. It is, but I mean, I, I'm not a I'm not a Star Wars fanatic. Like I don't love Star Wars passionately. Like that's not to say I don't love them, but like I just don't invest in them. Whereas Indiana Jones, I invest a lot, as you know. Jaws, greatest film of all time, pretty much. And what was the other one? Um E.T. 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 Yeah. Once again, almost a perfect film. Star Wars, yeah, it's space opera, I don't you know. Just... Yeah, right. See for me, I'm for me I think it would probably be E. T. Really? Because it's the one I watched as a kid and I haven't seen it again since. Okay, yes. But I think that would offend a lot of people. Mate. But it's a tough tough Any one of those would offend a lot of people. But my my also, the other thing for me is I'm big on childhood adventure. Like I like seeing kids go on bike adventures and things like that. So E.T., I can just return to that. And I I read or heard last week Spielberg talking about that time he removed the guns from E.T. and that's the biggest regret of his career, one of the biggest regrets. Yeah, is it as big as George Lucas is adding in CGI Jabba the Hutt and all that sort of shit to a? No, he was saying it was more just um he he jumped onto a movement that he probably shouldn't have jumped onto, being that we've got to sanitize things for a new generation and and erase things from the past that might be offensive to the future. future. He's like, he goes, no, that's a time capsule movie. I should never have done it. You know, yeah. I did it for the right reasons, but it is you know ultimately the wrong reasons. But it's one of those things too that you like those movements come and go. Yeah. Yeah. And now, like, I don't know if now people are even thinking, I guess it's been done, but, mm. you know, would it even come up if he hadn't brought no, it up? No, but we live in a world now where, like, I mean, Bluey, as speaking of from before, has just removed one scene from a current episode where the dad thinks he's a little bit too chubby and, and has to exercise. And they've had to remove that because of the outrage online. Fat shaming. This is what I'm talking about. So, like, you know. But you should be fat shamed. <laughs> I know. Because it's unhealthy. <laughs> Like, and this is coming from someone who is I, obese. I completely am on the same train as you. Um, there's just a lot of people at different stations. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> want to derail like I get it. it. Like, you don't, you don't have to mention, you don't have to, you know, say it to my face all the time. No. But I bring it up. But I would also think that that's quite a positive message in a, t- a kids' t- TV yeah. show. Like, anyway, we won't get into the politics of that. But that's what Spielberg was sort of doing at that time. Yeah. All right. So, ready for your last one? Yep. One's got to go. Shirley Valentine, blame it on Rio, Clockwise, or the tall guy. I have never seen Clockwise or Shirley Valentine. Oh, Shirley Valentine! I would have thought is a Ben movie. I would like my boss at the video store loved it. She yeah, loved it, it. And great. She, to the point where she actually took it off the shelf because she didn't want filthy customers ruining it, <laughs> like wrecking the tape. It's it's the the movie that. I was very young when I saw it, and it's the first time I understood a sex joke. Right. <laughs> so I watched it with wasn't, my mum. It wasn't Parenthood when they pull out the vibrator after they're looking <laughs> oh. for the light switch? Oh, no, that could be... Yeah, it's around about the same time, well, That's too. a pretty good gag, too. It's a great gag. But I remember Shirley Valentine, she's separating from her husband, and she's complaining about the things she had to do, and one of those things she had to do was <laughs> wash the egg whites off the sheet. And I'm like, egg whites off... The- oh! <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my memory of Shirley Valentine. So, so I don't know of those. I mean, I could get rid of either of those two, but probably what was the third one? Oh, tall guy. No, no, no. What's the one? The oh, other clockwise. One? What's clockwise? That's the John Cleese one. Famous cover with him sitting in the bathtub, sort of looking over his shoulder. Yeah, I've never. I could probably do without that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because John Cleese 
outside of Monty Python stuff mm. and Fish Called Wanda. Fish Called Wanda, that, you know, and yeah. Fierce Creatures, I guess. Mm. Mm. I like him as a guest on talk shows. <laughs> I like that era of John Cleese. I think yeah. the stuff he was making outside of it was okay for a while. Yeah. I think once the 90s took over, it sort of. But even like even things like Faulty Towers, like I, I find. I find I have a very limited uh, appreciation for farce. Yeah, yeah. Like that and, and slapstick. Yeah. And so I get, for me, it gets old really quickly. So you're quickly not, not excited his... about the, the re- redux of, uh, the reboot of Faulty Towers? He's, no. He's writing it with his daughter and he's bringing Basil Faulty back to much controversy once again because everyone wants to cancel it. And But I think it would be hilarious to see Basil Faulty in today's world navigating all of the problems. All the problems, it would be hilarious. Yeah, I yeah. reckon it has more comedy potential than the original. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. That, as long as they don't mention the war. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's it? Uh, no, you're like, no, you got your one. Ah, one more go. All right. Uh, okay, so one of these has to go. Sure. Critters. Mm. Children of the Corn. Mm. Warlock Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Maniac Cop 2. Ooh. Children of the Corn. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a very good movie. Oh, look, I, look, I, I rate it, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen I haven't seen the sequels. I was about to say, I, I recently did maybe five of the sequels back to right. back. And when I say recently, four years ago. And I enjoyed them thoroughly and a lot more than the first one. I mean, I like I, that that whole... Like, I like... I like... Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. The male lead from Side Out. Oh. The, the 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 guy from St. Elsewhere or whatever the hell yeah, he's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever his name his is. Name. He's, I think he's married to... Anyway, that guy <laughs> and Linda Hamilton. <laughs> like, I like all their stuff coming into town. Mm. I like the, the slaughter of the people in the cafe. Yep. All that stuff. I like the, I like a, I, you know, the mm. tension in the town, although sometimes it lets off in weird ways. Yeah. I, you know, I find it, I find it like a, a really good kind of 80s, almost kid-friendly horror movie. Yeah. Well, look, like I said, like just because I remove one from a list doesn't mean I don't doesn't like it. Doesn't mean you don't like you it. Know, yeah. it's, it's a good a, movie, yeah. for yeah. sure. Um, it's funny, though. You mentioned Warlock Armageddon is directed by Tony Hickox, and one of the Children of the Corn sequels was directed by his brother, I think. Right, Wild Bill.
Ah, there you go. That song is Nicotine by Annette, and that's from the movie 13, which is the one movie that put Catherine Hardwick on the map. You know what I like about Catherine Hardwick? And mm. I think I I don't think a lot of people know, and I certainly didn't before this this came up. Yep. Was that she's a production designer on some big movies before she became a, a uh, you know, global, you know, superstar director. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She did some, uh, I, can, I can only, like, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm trying to, she did, I think she did Freaked. One of yeah, your favourite movies? the Alex Winter movie. The Alex Winter yep. one. Tank Girl. Uh-huh. Great uh, stuff. I have to look it up to find out the rest. They're the two but ones I mean, that they're kind those, of really... I mean, use those two as examples. Like They um, are movies that have some fantastic production design. Yeah. Full on. But as I, while you look, as I as I said at the start of the show, other movies she has made are Twilight, Miss You Already, the, the Drew Barrymore one with Tony Collette, Lords of Dogtown, Plush, Red Riding Hood, The Nativity Story... I actually love Red Riding Hood. That's the movie that you know got a lot of flack when it came out, but I really enjoyed it. The one with Gary Oldman and Amanda Siegfried and better than Hansel and Gretel. Witch Hunters. <laughs> That's true. She was the production designer on Vanilla Sky. Oh my goodness. Three Kings. Oh god. Uh, Suburbia. Two mm-hmm. Days in the Valley. Yeah. Film. Tombstone and Posse. She did those at the the same year. So two westerns. That's very that's very convenient. Uh. Oh, the assassin, but not the not, not the not the Richard Donner one. No, but Brain Dead. There you go. The producer on Brain Dead. Like I would, and I yeah. Look, I, I spoke to her recently. We're about to hear the conversation. I could have talked to her for so much longer. And a film I've actually released, Tape Heads, with oh John Cusack. Yeah, that had a great and, poster. Uh, I'm shocked, but she was the production designer. I'm going to get you, sucker. Oh my goodness. The 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 Waynes the. I hope she Keenan finds. Ivory I hope Wayne's this episode too. finds its way to her. I hope she skips through the first ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're telling me just because she's a just because she's a world famous director doesn't mean she doesn't have to go to the toilet at least a couple of Moon times on. a week. Moon on. So she. Uh, the interesting thing about the movie we're about to talk about, and you're going to hear all about it. Uh, Tell it like a woman. It got its world premiere at the General Assembly at the UN. Wow, I know, and there's there's photos on their website of the um of the whole thing. They did a panel in front of the UN, and you can there's great photos from the back of the room looking forward, where you've got all the different countries with the monitors, and it's got like tell it like a woman on all of them. It's yeah. Do you reckon that's the first time popcorn was ever served in that <laughs> uh, in the Hague or whatever it is where they first Maltese are thrown? Thrown here. <laughs> Uh-oh, someone just hit the Russian foreign secretary in the back of the head. With... <laughs> Ukraine was that you? Ukraine? <laughs> well, I heard a lot of complaints that, you know, was there and uh, all kinds of issues. Yeah. yeah. You're going to bleep his name out again there? I did it just for the bleep <laughs> factor. 
It's so nice to meet you, Catherine. How are you? Yeah, it's great to meet you too. I'm really happy. Yeah. Um, so tell it like a woman. This is a it's a fascinating anthology film. It's very raw and at times quite heart wrenching. Particularly your two segments. Um, and I do want to pick your brain about the origins of the whole project soon. But let's start right. with Percy and Kim. Um, very interesting way of telling the story to have the main character sort of step outside of themselves um, to sort of. I guess, MC their own experience. How did you come across her story? Well, uh, when I heard about this project, I thought I really want to write a script and do a short film on a real person that's really inspiring, a real woman. So I was just searching. Uh, we were looking for anyone with a cool story. I met various people, but I went and I heard about Kim Carter because she was a CNN um, uh, person, a woman of the year, you know, a hero mm. of and so I went I drove down to Riverside and I met her and I was just like dazzled by her she was immediately the most vibrant radical person you know and she was she had I met like 20 women that were in a workshop right there that were learning how to write their resumes and learn computer skills and these women had been on the street like six months before, you know, and she had got them off the street, out of prison. They're getting reunited with their kids. And I just saw everything she was doing. I'm like, oh my God. And then I said, you've got to tell me, how did this happen? And she started telling me that story about Pepsi and Kim. She goes, dude, I used, you know, 20 years ago, I was schizophrenic in prison, lost my, my custody of my child, you know, a drug addict, everything. And she told me how she had the different voices in her head. And I was absolutely mesmerized. So I just went and just wrote it down the best I could, basically like feeling what she had told me with that story. And I um, thought amazing. Dazzling, yeah. And you can never underestimate the power of Jennifer Hudson as an actress. Like she is incredible in the film and almost unrecognizable. <laughs> Oh my God, I didn't even recognize. I went on the set. I'm like, where's Jen? Oh, <laughs> what? Because she is intense. I mean, she really dove into it. And, you know, Kim was there. The real Kim was there too. And, you know, they and Taraji Henson, you know, director, everybody was just getting into it so deep because it was an extremely heavy, the heaviest story, you know, what really happened to her. And, uh, yeah, I thought Jennifer is ridiculous. She's just so good. And then, you know, we got to go to the UN with this project. I don't know if you've heard this, but got to be in the UN General Assembly. And Kim Carter was up there speaking to people from 50 countries and just knocking everybody's socks off. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Was there any point in time where you were going to direct this segment or was it always one that you were just writing? No, I was going to direct it and because I was just so inspired by it. And then I'm going to be honest, when suddenly during COVID, when uh, Black Lives Matter, I thought, wait a minute, every person in this story is black and I'm not yeah. black. And yeah. a, a black filmmaker should make this, you know, African-American film should make this story, you know. And uh, so that's why, you know, we went to Taraji and she wanted to do it and you know, and then Jennifer wanted to do it. So that was incredible. And then, and then they, um, then Kiara, the producer, I go, 
well, okay, I've done my part. She goes, nope, I still want you to do another, uh, do another segment. So I go, okay, I better find somebody that looks a little bit more like me. And, <laughs> and that's also a hero. And that's why I wrote the other, that's why I found Susan, Dr. P. <laughs> Amazing. It's a perfect opportunity to talk about that one now. So that was shot, um, I presume, during the pandemic. I know it was it takes place yeah. amidst the pandemic. Yes. What challenges? What challenges did that provide you? Well, we we shot it before um, the vaccine came out. You know, so and but I think they had been waiting so long to make this and trying so hard to make it. And then you have all the timing of all the actors. We didn't know if a vaccine was coming out, so we thought. Let's just go ahead and do it. There was an opportunity for Marsh Gay Harden and Cara Delevingne, but a lot of actors were definitely nervous. You know, they didn't want to act. So I thought, well, let me move the whole thing outside. The true story actually happened more contained inside the hotel room. But I thought, well, it's part of the hotel. Mm -hmm. let's, let her, let's let her have escaped gone out of bounds where she wasn't supposed to be and then we can find her outside that way people didn't feel so nervous about COVID yeah know? yeah and how did you discover her story oh okay same thing just researching googling like who's doing something interesting and right at that time of course uh Dr. P Dr. Partovi had I think she had an article uh published in one of the papers anyway because even during the pandemic, she was still going out there to the homeless clinic because that's when people still needed even more help and more assistance. So I went down there. I remember I was kind of scared, like, oh, should I be going down to Skid Row, you know, during the mm. pandemic? I'm like, you know, I'm tough. I won't get sick. I popped the mask <laughs> on. I never got sick. I worked in the clinic. I observed. I hung out with everybody. I never got sick. But, um, you know, it was interesting, you know, just to see somebody that courageous, like Dr. P and the other people she worked with, that she was not scared of COVID, mm. she was not yeah. scared, there was no vaccine or anything. These people need help, and I'm going to go help them. And she also, for the last 10 years, she's gotten on planes regularly and gone to Haiti. She, before even the earthquake, I mean, she's just that dedicated, you know. An incredible human being, yeah, for sure. And Cara Delevingne is the last person I would have expected to play a role like that, um, which, I mean, she's fantastic in it. But, like, thinking about her life and her career, she couldn't be any further removed from a character like that. How did she go stepping into that sort of body? Well, it's interesting because I believe it's documented, you know, that she does have, um, in her family, she has relatives or people that have certain kinds of mental illness and so she wants to support people seeking help for mental illness and wants to be supportive of that in fact she you know very supportive of the clinic and everything so i think she could relate to it more than we might think mm -hmm. but also one of the first things she said to me and she was pretty fearless too it was already you know we didn't have a vaccine or anything she goes i want to really understand these women and what are they like on the street and i i immediately got scared i go you can't get sick but i can go out on the street and i'm <laughs> gonna go 
I said, let me go out and do the interviews with all these women that, and I'm going to give you the videos that you can watch them. So I actually went, my, put my mask on, went out on the street because it was literally right by my house. I live on Venice Beach and it was all along the beach was a huge encampment. So I just met a lot of girl, women and interviewed them and they were very open with me and they told me about their life and what they were going through and let me video them. In fact, one of them, I used her song in the movie. It's, oh, it's amazing. wishing well. So we got to pay her. I helped that woman get off the street into housing. So, you know, it, it kind of came around, but Cara looked at all of the, you know, video, like hours of videos and all her own knowledge. And then she just dives right in. You know, she goes deep. She came over here and we, she helped make all of the clothes that she was wearing, you know, and wrote on them and tore them up and, you know, she gets into it. It's it's an incredible performance, but also like, not only is it like a an important sort of social story, but it's really entertaining as well, because who would have thought that the buildup to removing a sleeve could be as suspenseful as it is? Like I was on the edge of my seat. Like, what are they <laughs> going to reveal? What's happening here? <laughs> I know. And then there's all kinds of things like soy sauce flying out. You know? Yes. <laughs> so it's, it was so entertaining at the same time, which is what really sort of, you know, caught me by surprise. So congrats on getting, you know, something so important as this to be so engaging and just entertaining. And also, you know, the, a lot of people that are on the street that have mental illness are very creative people. And so mm. you even what she wore was something very creative and a rabbit and this and you know she she was creative but she needed that as her armor because yeah. she needed the protection you know so yeah thank you thank yeah, you for, for sure um what what would you say is like the over the overriding message from that particular story that you were hoping people would extract well i love the beautiful patience and understanding and compassion that the doctor and the nurse have you mm. know that they are non-judgmental and when i watched uh, when i went over to um, the the homeless clinic i watched dr p deal with many many patients that were actually much more um uh difficult to deal with even than this character had mm open wounds and things but she was patient she wasn't judgmental she was loving she was compassionate and so i think it's a great message to imagine like you see someone on the street that could be your daughter like cara talks about my i, I used to take care of my whole family my mother with her old dark hair and you know all that her pink sweat like these people have families they just don't have a safety net sometimes and they've fallen through the cracks and they do need that love, you know. So I hope that's one thing. <laughs> that yeah, people... for sure. Yeah. Marsha Gay Harden, I can watch her any day of the week. She's amazing on screen. Um, and she and that compassion just it felt so natural coming from her. I feel like she would be a motherly figure. And I'd love an opportunity to talk to her one day. But um, she is she amazing to work with? Oh my god, yeah. She's just a beautiful soul. Uh you know, she had just written a book. She brought me a beautiful book she wrote about her mother going through Alzheimer's. So I think she could relate to this too, you know, mental issues that people are dealing with. And, uh, you know, that compassion, that love that she gave to everybody in a very measured way. But then the character's also quite fun because, mm. you know, 
does Botox of the, you know, on the side <laughs> and running and she wears the crazy, you know, turquoise eyeshadow. So Marsha just loved it. I mean, she actually transformed herself to look almost identical twins with the doctor. And I have photos of them, you know, they both have the same eyeshadow. And she's just a lot of fun, Marsha. She's fun and just beautiful soul. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see the two of you work together again. It seems like a really good collaboration. Um, on, on a much lighter note, like having COVID masks on whilst they're acting must be a fantastic uh, thing, you know, with ADR and things like that. Oh my God, I didn't even realize it until I got in the editing room. I'm like, oh my God, I can, I don't have to lip sync. I'm not like trying to get everything <laughs> perfectly lined up, but you know, you, you can, you can't cheat at that as much as you think people are moving but even so i was like i'm so sick of masks now that i kind of wish i had had him take off the mask more because i'd love to see more of marcia and more more of jasmine love the nurse there she's beautiful too but you know we were trying to be safe and not get anybody sick <laughs> you know but well, yeah of, it, make, it makes it a it's a moment in time you've captured so the mask kind of good in that way you know, because we can yeah. we can watch back and say, well, we know when that was made. Oh my God! But that moment in time, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all are. We all are. So the overall the overall project, like, how did this come about? Who spearheaded it, and how did you know, how were the directors chosen? Oh yeah, well, we have this beautiful Italian woman, Chiara Talisi, and she has just had this dream of creating a project that was all women directors with female actors and supporting everybody. We do it together. And she's had this dream, held on to it for a long time. That's not easy to get financed, as you can imagine, short films by different directors around the world. So she kept the faith for a long time. You know, we thought we were going to make it at one point and this director said yes, and this one drops out and, you know, Finally, she said, look, we're going to do it. We've got the money, even though it was right in the middle of COVID. And I'm like, are you kidding me? But then what else were we doing at that time during COVID? You know, we were writing our scripts and stuff. So I thought it was great for me. I really wanted to do it because I wanted to shoot something and, mm. make something and tell a story. These two beautiful stories about these women. But Chiara is really the one that had the faith. And then her friends in Italy, um, uh, let's see, Andrea Vierno, you know, they jumped in and, and uh, Lady um, Bacardi also, they put the money in and, and made mm. it happen. So kudos to them. Because I was going to say, I wonder how much more difficult it is to, to get a, an anthology film off the ground as opposed to a regular feature. Um, but oh. having people like that behind it, you know make must make it you know a much easier process because it's their baby it's very difficult but i think the passion really you know she she was determined i remember she said to me Heather, we're going to get this movie made somehow we're going to get diane warren who's a friend of mine too the songwriter she's going to do a song for it it's going to get nominated for an academy award it did yeah and, and we're going to play that we're going to debut this at the united nations and we did I'm like, she somehow visualized it all and made it all happen. Amazing. Were there were there parameters that they they set for the directors? Like were there um like I guess deadlines and and did you have autonomy over everything that you shot? 
Well, pretty much. I mean, we had a limited budget for every project. And then we had, I think, you know, it wasn't supposed to be more than like 15 minutes Mm. long. And then, you know, we were trying to get a certain level of recognizable names to help sell the project. So, you know, but within that, we, you know, we kind of got to do what we wanted to do, what we could accomplish. Yeah. Oh, well, it's it's fantastic film, and uh, yeah, like I said to you, like I just, you know, I go into a lot of movies that have strong social messages, a little bit wary, like you know, if it's going to be a heavy watch, and do I need to prep myself emotionally for it? But the fact that you you made it so entertaining and engaging was just the it sold it for me. Um, but speaking of entertaining, like before I before I wrap up and let you run, I just want to compliment you on Mafia Mama. Um, I tell you what, I tell you what, this movie, you know. It did catch me by surprise. I didn't expect it to be as, what's the word? I mean, it's hilarious, but I didn't expect it to be as legitimately grotesque and violent as it was. And Tony Collette, love her. It was one of my favorite films of the year so far. And I um, wrote a glowing review and I just, yeah, I want to congratulate on it because it's just the best. Oh, thank you. Well, as you can see, we had an absolute blast making that. It's another uh, uplifting female project, but entertaining. And of course, I love the, you know, the friendship, the female friendship with Tony, Monica Belushi, and Sophia Nambet, you know, that they're supporting each other, ride or die friends, you know, and, and of course, it's wild. It's just an outrageous ride so if you need i always tell people like right now after after we've been through the pandemic for so long <laughs> we just laugh and just be shocked and just laugh it's a good it's a good film and it's yes. it's female empowerment of course that's its message yeah i, I mean absolutely and yeah like i said one of the best films of the year and I, I've, I've really enjoyed your work over the years um red riding hood is actually one that i really like a lot and i've uh told many mm-hmm. people about that but um yeah so I can't wait to see what you do next. I hope it's another banger because they all seem to be. And um, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Wow. I got to meet you when I come to Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Let's do it. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Now, Australia, we know that you don't have a democracy or a president or anything (laughs) like that. And you still fall under the queen of whatever that I thought they were an an, an, an anarchist syndicated commune basically and they're right off the isle of man if my geography sell you know if my geography class taught me anything in Kentucky out of all the ways that I thought Joe would start this episode nope didn't didn't see that one coming so well you both laughed so I did a good job Uh, yeah good job did a good job all right so they don't have a democracy, gentlemen. So what we have here is an elected president and the people elect them, which is the flaw in our system because our people, not so bright. Well, <laughs> you also have the electoral college, but let's not get this into semantics. It's technically a, repre- a representative government, a republic, not a democracy. That's beside the point. Let's not get lost in the weeds. We're going to talk about our favorite presidents from movies. Now, these can be fictional presidents or these can be presidents that were played by fictional people. Chad, I don't understand the language. I'm going to go first. My favorite president, because it's actually, I think, one of those, oh, what's, how should I put it, roles that he doesn't get enough credit for is actually from Love Actually. I like Billy Bob Thornton as the slimy president that's hitting and trying to get, trying to hit on Hugh Grant's prime minister uh, wannabe girlfriend. Yeah. 
it is literally like a, a a very very evil version of president clinton yeah absolutely there's another one i love a lot but i wanted to go with one that i didn't think everybody would think i'd pick and i truly do like and he's so good in it he's really good in it for the five minutes he's in that movie he does a perfect job when do you all go next um so james i'll go next is that okay yeah yeah go ahead yeah uh, you ask for permission yeah, no, I just want to make sure we don't plan these out ahead of time, which obviously you can tell. Um, I want to go with the president that, given the way our society here in this country has gone, would, if he really existed, would probably win hands down today. President Camacho from Idiocracy. Yeah. Played by the amazing Terry Crews. It's got everything plants need. Yep. Uh, ter- uh, president Camacho is a professional wrestler who was voted president and he is absolutely insane. All he wants to do is, is swig his drinks, ride his motorcycles. And he doesn't care about politics. And he doesn't care about the fact that he, the country is in complete ruin. All he cares about is his popularity. Now, Sounds now familiar. You got me. You, now you've got me thinking about if I, I have a lot in common with that. Yeah, you me. do have a lot of problem with. Pre- with I do president have a lot Camacho. of problem president. I can't talk. James. Gentlemen, the best president is obvious because he has this line. You got to help me. I don't know what to do. I can't make decisions. I'm a president. Yes. President Scrooge. You can't get a better elected official or a better symbol of what an elected official is than President Scrooge played excellently by Mel Brooks in Spaceballs. I think he's more of an emperor. That's good. Well, the Australians would understand because they don't have democracy. His title is President (laughs) Scrooge. He obviously was elected, which tells us a lot about where we're going. Yeah, I agree. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. We're probably going to do a whole episode on this eventually because I found three more I wanted to do. Gentlemen, we're correct. Thank you. And Glenn uh, Glenn and Ben, please tell Cleo we're sorry. (laughs) Chew your gum. Chew your gum. You know, I never give the boneheads enough credit. And that's to say, I never give Joe enough credit, you know, makes me jealous sometimes. Just listen to them and with all that freedom that they've got, (laughs) you know, the democracy. They've got so much freedom. So many spoils. So many spoils. And I really, really wish we had, you know, less gun control. Some of that American freedom. (laughs) Yeah. Many's the time. But thank goodness for those boneheads. Go find the Bonehead Weekly podcast and subscribe to them. We love what they do. That's a micro bite-sized segment they do exclusively for us, but they do have a whole show that they uh, drop every week and that goes for a good hour and a half and it's good stuff. As you know, um, Ben, I've been on a Sparks Odyssey and I want to I want to start off my first recommendation with a Sparks-related movie. Did you ever see Annette? It's the movie with Adam Driver. No. No. Well, this is a fantastic movie that I want to recommend. It's um, it's Adam Driver and Marion um, Cotillard. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm sure you probably... That's good enough. Yeah, it's French. So it's without, French. without uh, putting a ha at the end of it, I think that's... Uh, Cot- yeah. Is it Cotillard? Cot- Cot- Cotillard? I don't know. Oh, no. I probably got it right the first time. Uh, or knowing me, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only ever heard Graham Norton say her name, and he's got an accent, That's so right. who knows what the hell. Well, anyway, Annette is a rock opera that was written by Sparks. They originally wrote it as an album and thought this is much too theatrical, you know, and it just won't you know, translate as well, and they turned it into a movie, and that is documented in the documentary that... The Sparks, the, the Sparks Brothers. Edgar. 
Yes, um, so it's directed by Leo Carax, or Leo Carrard, I don't know how you pronounce his name. He's Carax. F- yeah, the French director that made Holy Motors. Yeah. Holy Motors left a massive impact on me. Like, I love that movie. And isn't, that, that's the, isn't that Holy Motors like a kind of sequel to another one? The, the uh, one on the beach? Like a, the th- guy. a thematic, tril- uh, thematic kind of sequel? I or? thought it was this, yeah. Because it's a surreal film. Like, it's, it's, it's not a real lineal kind of thing. It feels like a music video. Anyway, if you've seen Holly Motors and, and it blew you as, away as much as it blew me away, check out Annette because it feels like it's cut from the same cloth. The only difference is that this is an actual musical and the entire story is told through song, but sparks songs, and this is fantastic. In fact, the first five minutes is a great introduction where it starts off, the film starts off in a studio with Sparks singing a song, and then they take off their headphones, and the director of the film is in there with them recording, take off the headphones and they walk outside the studio. They catch up with Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard and they walk down the street singing spark songs. And then like this ensemble of dancers join them and it's this big musical number and that's before the film even starts. Like it's just, you know, to get you in the mood. And it's fantastic. What do you, what do? You do? You're looking something up? I'm trying to find that other film that I thought that Holly Motors was... Uh... Oh, that's all right. So Let me know. Let me know I'll never find, it's not there, so I don't know if it's directed by the same guy. Okay. It's the no, I don't know when, the one you mean. But yeah. Anyway, the story of yeah. Annette is about a famous stand-up comedian who's also a controversial comedian who falls in love and marries a famous opera singer. And then they have a child called Annette. And the child is represented by a puppet. Like, it's not a real child, right? And the amazing thing about the puppet, one, it's surreal so they can do it, but also... They can do things with the puppet that you couldn't do with the child. So like the Sexy way they... things? <laughs> <laughs> do I bleep that? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that just came out of Ben's mouth. He wasn't yeah. thinking. No, I, wasn't. I, didn't, I didn't plan that. I, I regret. I regret everything. <laughs> so no, but like you know, throwing it around and kind of you know just you know, I don't know, just handling it like you wouldn't handle a child. Yeah. And it's really wonderful. The child actually turns out to have a talent. It can sing and better than its mother and so they exploit it and there's a lot of there's a lot of darkness in this movie there's murder involved i'm not going to go into the story of who gets murdered or whatever but this child gets exploited and put on the world stage for everyone to gawk at and and the child gets to a point where it's had enough and the movie just is just batshit fucking crazy and it's also got uh simon halberg in it from big bang theory uh oh yeah He's fantastic and he has a particularly amazing sequence in this. He plays a conductor of an orchestra and he's telling the audience, us, the viewer, a story as he's conducting, right? So he's doing his movements and the band is playing and blah, blah, blah. And he's talking, I did this and this and this and I did that. And then it comes to a big moment every like 30 seconds, the band lifts. So he looks at the camera and just sort of says, excuse me, and then goes back to conducting. And it's like a real dance of sound and dialogue and it's just really really magnificent anyway so there you go my recommendation this week annette check it out i believe it is on netflix or stand it's on one of the streaming platforms just get on it it is just the best i wish i had seen it theatrically right wow there you go i haven't i don't think i've seen any of that leon carax's guys movies although he 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 writes a song for 500 days of summer in 500 days of summer well yeah and like i said he's in the recording studio with Sparks at the start of this yeah, film right. and you can tell he's got some kind of music pedigree there. Yeah. But yeah. He's a multi-hyphenate. And yes, and that's probably going to be the last of my Sparks, you know, <laughs> references on the show. I've been right into them lately. I don't know why. It's, uh, 
I think my only real knowledge of them, apart from the doco, came from like they had one song in on Roller Coaster a, on, a, on a the movie Roller Coaster. They were oh, the band right. in the, the on band. opening day of the Roller Coaster. Yeah, they right. were the band. What an interesting band to have in the <laughs> opening day of your <laughs> your thing. I got into them years ago through Ween, like because I like weird kind of music, and I was looking for bands like Ween that are just a bit different. And yeah, and you're a big fan of the Pod, aren't you? I love the pod. <laughs> I love the pod. <laughs> such a such a weird. I, I I got the pod. Like I had. Um, and this is an album by Ween, by the way. But yeah, yeah, I had. I think chocolate and cheese. I think was the yeah. only Ween album I had at the point. And yeah. then you know, remember those things used to come in the mail, the 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 CD club. Yes. And you could sign. No, actually, no. It wasn't chocolate and cheese. I had twelve country, twelve golden country grapes. You and I sang that back to yeah, front right, on our way yeah. to last year's Comic Con. Yeah. <laughs> Eating Hungry Jacks and singing Ween. And singing Ween. So that was the first album I got. I picked it up from JB Hi-Fi and I was just... I bought it primarily because it had 10 tracks and the, the title of the album is 12 Country Golden yep. Greats. And I, I thought, this is that's all I need to buy an album. But then I, I joined that, that club thing yep. and you had to buy... I think you had to get like four CDs a month was the deal and they were super cheap. Yeah. So I picked up Chocolate and Cheese and The Pod. Amazing. Chocolate and Cheese... Hands down, one of the greatest albums of all time. Yep. The pod <laughs> is so weird and different. Mm-hmm. I I was like, is this... However, I thought I had to check my CD player. I was like, is this on the slot? However, so the pod was their second album, right? Like, we're going into some yeah. nerdy territory here, people. Just bear with us. <laughs> so, And it is a weird album, but it's nowhere near as weird as their first album. Yeah, right. God Ween Satan. And that is like such an informative album in my life. Like it's probably my favorite album of all time. So going from that to the pod just felt like, oh, they've really, you know, just gone a bit mainstream <laughs> with this one. Yeah. yeah. Pork roll egg and cheese. cheese. One. <laughs> <laughs> if you please. <laughs> the, seems like that's the whole like it flows through the whole album. Yeah, same with Mexican food throughout all of their work. With, yeah. Yeah. They love their oh, yeah. burritos and nachos and tacos and yeah. <laughs> Buenas tardes, amigos. <laughs> Buenas tardes, amigo. Uh, I'm just waiting I, for you to jump in and- I was going to say Unfortunately My uh, recommendation this week Has nothing to do With anything cool like that oh, not It's Pat Which has Ween in it Which has Ween in it No <laughs> No No We need uh, a We need a Ween documentary Like the Sparks Brothers documentary The only problem is Everyone would be stoned It's like I don't really remember anything I was high <laughs> The great TV performances On like You know Local TV stations When they're clearly Baked off their tits Yep Fantastic stuff. Uh, no, look, my uh, this one this one's actually going to be quite quite quick because to give away too much of the plot in my mind spoils the movie. It was recommended to me by my bosses at the video store, and I'm I am uh, playing it forward, as they say. Excellent. Uh, it's a movie called Flashpoint. It's from 1984. It's uh, directed by William Tannen, who did uh, Deadly Illusion with mm-hmm. uh, I think Carl Weathers, uh, or is it? I think it's Carl Weathers, or is it Billy D. Williams? Oh no, I We're reckon. In trouble. I reckon you've recommended this on the show before. You think? Yeah, we're we talking about the the boot, like the the dig. Is that the right movie? The dig. I don't want to. Okay, no, no, never mind. You keep going, and I'll let I you know. I want to say that's all right. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's about two border patrol cops. Yep. Who? As so I've recommended this. Yeah, before, keep going I? though. No one would have listened. Would have listened. Yes, <laughs> or they've forgotten. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's these these two border patrol. Cops treat Williams and Chris Christopherson, yep. and they find something buried in the desert. I talked about with, Lone Star, and that's what ah, uh, that's why it came yep, up. That's why it yeah, came up. They, f- they find $800,000 and something else in the desert, yep. And 
knowing any absolutely anything else than that ruins the film. Like I would recommend this to movie to people in the in the video store, but I would say, look, I'm gonna I'm keeping the slick. <laughs> yeah, you don't read the, the slick tape. and don't watch the trailer. Yeah. No, you yeah, <laughs> definitely do not watch the trailer. The trailer ruins it. Yeah. But it is just a fantastic kind of slow burn shocking thriller mm-hmm. that is fantastic. Yep. Um, Couldn't agree more. Yeah, it, uh, I, I look honestly. I don't know where you're going to get a chance to see it. I uh, think it's I on YouTube. Ah, yeah, because it's. I I just looked up. Uh, just watched there while you were talking about uh, uh, Annette. Yeah, and I couldn't. Find, it, it didn't come up. Although I found lately that Just Watch. It's not reliable. It's not super reliable. And you can almost find most things in one form or another on YouTube. Like whether well, you know, it's, it's really low grade or not, you can yeah. usually find it. I mean, look, sometimes they have it. Look, I always look for the free, like the the stuff has to be on a service I'm already paying for because I feel like I'm, I'm paying for pretty yeah, much yeah, all yeah. of them except for maybe Apple. Yeah. But I, like just the other week, I've, I found a like a clip on... Uh, Ty? <laughs> on, no, on Instagram of Quantum Leap. Yeah. Like a, an episode of, you know, in season three of Quantum Leap. And I'm like, damn, I really want to go watch that. And it used to be, they used to be all over the streaming services, all of those shows, mm-hmm. Stargates and Elf. Quantum Leaps and Elfs. And it's all gone. I know. And now they do have like Elf episodes, but they're not in order and there's only a few. Like it's, a few. That's why, I mean, look, we warned about this at the start. <laughs> Back in the days of the video store, we said, it's stuff's just going to disappear and you can't They can't retain each it. title for yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, they can't do it. Like yeah. they've got it for a certain license period and they go, well, only five people has watched this. Yep. So it's not everything all the time. Mm-hmm. That's why you need to have a physical media collection. Damn so right. you can you can watch what you want to watch when you want to watch it, even if you haven't looked at it in 10 years. Because there's nothing more annoying than wanting to see something that now you can't. And trust me, having a collection myself, it's when you don't have it, when it's your moving house and they're boxed up, is when you want to watch them the most Yeah. and you miss them. And when you unbox them, it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, I've got this. I forgot I had this. This is yeah. great. I'm not going to, I'm going to take this out to watch it and then <laughs> and not yet, watch it. Yeah. And yet when you have it all set up and ready to go, you think, well, I'll check Netflix first. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to watch. I don't yeah. want to go upstairs and get it out. Like, that's the worst thing about TV. All TV shows should be on Netflix or Stan or something like that because four episodes a disc get fucked. That's you get halfway. You only get a quarter way through a decent binge, and you have to get off your ass. Do to you change remember the how wonderful disc? it was when you got entire seasons on DVD, like ah, for the first time? Compared to, you know, I remember when uh, my sister, my father, and I, we were all off sick. I don't know what we had. Like something had gone through the house. Yep. And we went down to uh, the local video library, and we borrowed. Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, yeah. And my sister was not really a big into that kind of stuff. But but it was all on cassette tapes, two episodes of tape, five weeklies for $5. Yep. So you borrowed five. Yep. We must have gone back, I reckon, three times a day. Tell me about it. I recall like when I had the video store, an entire section would be like Star Trek. And it was like yeah. every <clears throat> incarnation of the show, every <laughs> episode or volume. I'm just trying to think though. Like, What was the first TV series you reckon hit... VHS. I reckon maybe Twin Peaks. I reckon. Well, I know you remember there were all those mini series type things with the big fat covers. The big, yeah, or well, the double cases. Um, the Danielle Steele stuff and Shaka Zulu. Yeah. Uh, Josephine Baker story. That's right. Uh, what was the uh, Twin Peaks had them Invaders? Do you remember the, the Larry Cohen written show Invaders yep. that came in those? And v. Yep. And V. 
Um, good point, good point. But I do. Yeah, Hellraiser and Hellraiser Two. <laughs> yeah. Hell on Earth. Oh, that's no, that's three. Fantastic cover that one. Uh, came in the in, in a double pack. I really appreciate the Fox those, as a kid those fact covers. There's. Uh, I mean, as a video I, store owner, you don't appreciate them because they, no, take, up space. they <laughs> take up space. And I never knew. I never borrowed them. Like Video Flash uh, in Ashburton had a bunch of them, mm. but I was never sure if they counted as one or two tapes. <laughs> so I would never borrow them because I'm like, I'm not giving up uh, one tape to watch the second half of the Josephine Baker story. I always preferred, because like, I always figured that they wouldn't, I mean, I suppose it was the same for Once Upon a Time in America because that came in the two, but at least they were that was a fat pack rather yep, than a, a big wide than a big wide one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. There we go. Trip down the style Delane right yeah. there. And that is a wrap, folks. End of the line for us this week. It's uh, Ben's last time at the desk for quite a while. I'm going to miss you, mate. It's going to be weird. <laughs> it's going to be weird. It's going to get weird. You're literally going to phone it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't phone it in every <laughs> week. I'm waiting for that. Hey, thanks to Catherine Hardwick for having that chat. Uh, her film is Tell It Like a Woman. It is, it is out on DVD this week. Go track it down. It's probably on a streaming service too. And do look out for Mafia Mama as well. Um, that should be hitting home entertainment very soon. And go to goodmoviemonday.com. Find our social media pages and do what you got to do. At least a like. The very least, give us a like. Like, follow, save, share. Yeah. Yeah, save. <laughs> give us, save. A, give yeah. us a save. Give us a save. <laughs> the right. algorithm likes a save. <laughs> and yes, TikTok too. Hey, we're going to sign off with a song from Reality Bites. You remember that movie? <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about Reality Bites lately. Yeah, I really feel like I need to, it, I need to rewatch it. Yeah, I need to give it me another too. Go. We must be just in the same little zeitgeist of I don't know, our, cycles, ben, is, is our it, cycles are synced. <laughs> is it Ben Stiller or is it nineties? What you know, what is it? I think it's Ben Stiller for me. I think he's just been in the news a lot lately, or at least he's in my conversations. For and, me, it's it's a combination of Janine Garofalo oof. and uh, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, he's been around a bit lately uh, on social media for. For whatever reason, like oh, they've just popped up. So yeah. good, so good. Anyway, this is Tempted by Squeeze from Reality Bites and uh, I'll see you all next week and I'll see you from afar. We'll uh, we'll chat. <laughs> we'll chat. <laughs> so many awkward moments. <laughs> <laughs>
come for Catherine Hardwick, stay for the poop talk. 